No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we look at the Lord's holy feasts for Israel that occur in the first part of the year. Passover, Feast of Fruits, and Feast of Weeks. The cool thing about this is that they all find their fulfillment in Christ. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Leviticus chapter 23 on Simply the Bible. Holidays are wonderful times of the year, but of course the word comes from holy days, which in turn comes from the Bible. Throughout the year, God designated seven holy feasts for Israel. We pick it up in Leviticus chapter 23. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and say to them the feasts of the Lord, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. These are my feasts. The Hebrew word translated feast does not necessarily mean a time of feasting. The Day of Atonement was actually a time of fasting. The word means appointed time. These were the special days in the Hebrew calendar that were set aside for holy assemblies. Seven such appointed times are named that occurred annually. As we shall see, the number seven is very important, being the number of completion and God's standard measurement of time. Verse 3. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work on it. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. The origin of the Sabbath was creation week, where God rested on the seventh day. The Sabbath law was the sign of God's covenant with Israel. It is probably mentioned here because it was so integral to the celebration of the Lord's feasts. The church has never been placed under the Sabbath law or under any of the feasts of Israel. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Colossians, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. The Sabbath and the feasts foreshadowed the work of Christ who fulfills them all. Verse 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, holy convocations, which you shall proclaim at their appointed times. On the fourteenth day of the first month at twilight is the Lord's Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread to the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. On the first day, you shall have a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it, but you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord for seven days. The seventh day shall be a holy convocation. You shall do no customary work on it. The Hebrews marked the beginning of each month with the new moon. Passover occurred in the month of Abib and corresponds to our March-April time of year. This was their religious new year. It commemorated their exodus from Egypt. On the 10th of the month, they selected a year-old male lamb without blemish, and on the 14th day at twilight, they killed it. 
When they had left Egypt, they put the blood on the doorposts and above the doors of their homes. And on the night of the plague of the death of the firstborn, the Lord saw the blood and passed over their homes so that no one inside was harmed. This was fulfilled in the death of Christ, who was crucified at the same time that the Passover lambs were being slain. If we believe in him, then God sees his blood on the doorposts of our heart, and death passes over us. It doesn't matter how we feel. The only thing that matters is whether the blood of Jesus has been applied by faith to our hearts. As the Hebrews celebrated their new year, we celebrate our new life in Christ. The second appointed time was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. In Matthew and Mark, this was combined with Passover. It began the day after Passover and continued for seven days. They could not eat any yeast during this time. Each day, they offered a special burnt offering, and the first and seventh days were special days of rest. The Feast of Unleavened Bread pictures the purity of Christ and the fellowship we are to have with him in holiness. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Corinthians, Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Throughout Scripture, leaven is a symbol of evil. After we have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, we are to purge out our old sins with the help of the Holy Spirit. In this way, we become partakers of His holiness. Verse 9. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you, and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord, to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it, and you shall offer on that day when you wave the sheaf a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord for a sweet aroma. And its drink offering shall be of wine, one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. The Feast of First Fruits always occurred on the first Sunday after Passover. They brought the first part of their barley harvest to the Lord before they ate any of it. J. Vernon McGee explains it well. When they had sowed their grain in the land, they were to watch for the first heading of the barley. When they would see a stalk here and there, they would cut each one down and put them together to form a sheaf. This was then brought to the tabernacle and the priest would offer it to the Lord. This showed that the first and the best belonged to God. It was also an expression of gratitude for God supplying their needs and a token of hope for the harvest that was to come. Jesus rose from the dead on the Feast of First Fruits. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul called Christ 
the first fruits of those who have died. This gives us hope in the future resurrection when Christ comes for his church. Then the dead in Christ will receive a glorified body and we who are alive will be instantly transfigured. This mortal body will be clothed with immortality. Verse 15, and you shall count for yourselves from the day after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be completed. Count 50 days to the day after the seventh Sabbath. Then you shall offer a new grain offering to the Lord. Seven Sabbaths later, notice the repeat of the number seven, plus one day would bring you to another Sunday. This was known as the Feast of Weeks and would later become known as Pentecost, which means 50th, since it was 50 days later. This feast occurred in the May-June time of year and marked the end of the wheat harvest. After his resurrection, Jesus was with his disciples for 40 days and then ascended into heaven. Ten days later, they were gathered in one accord on the day of Pentecost, and the Holy Spirit came upon them all so that they declared the praises of God in languages they didn't know. The church was born on Pentecost Sunday. Verse 17. You shall bring from your dwellings two wave offerings of two-tenths of an ephah. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are the first fruits to the Lord. They would bring two loaves of bread baked with leaven. Now, if leaven represents evil, then why was it included in this offering? This probably indicates that there will always be some evil in the church. 2,000 years of church history proves this out. I've been a pastor for 30 years, and I can tell you that I haven't found a church yet without sin, including our own. The fact that we are sinners, saved by grace, and still carry with us a fallen nature shows that while we are in these bodies, the church will never be completely pure. The two loaves indicate that the church is comprised of both Jews and Gentiles. Verse 18, And you shall offer with the bread seven lambs of the first year without blemish, one young bull and two rams. They shall be as a burnt offering to the Lord, with their grain offering and their drink offerings, an offering made by fire for a sweet aroma to the Lord. Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats as a sin offering and two male lambs of the first year as a sacrifice of a peace offering. The priests shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits as a wave offering. Before the Lord with the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. A total of 13 sacrifices were offered on Pentecost that were all fulfilled in the single offering of Christ on the cross. This means that we can come to God anytime in the name of Jesus and receive all that we need, pardon, provision, protection, and peace. Verse 21, and you shall proclaim on the same day that it is a holy convocation to you. You shall do no customary work on it. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. 
When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap, nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. Since Pentecost has to do with the wheat harvest, God reminds them that they weren't to reap the corners of their field, nor were they to go back a second time. Anything that was not fully ripe when the harvesters went through the first time, they were to leave behind for the poor and strangers of the land. This was God's welfare system, and it was a good one. From these feasts, we can see that God wants his people to remember significant events and to remember that every good and every perfect gift comes from him. As Israel kept these feasts as unto the Lord, they were looking forward to Christ, whether they knew it or not. Today, we see how each one points to Jesus and how he fulfills them all. This inspires us toward faith and hope as we come to the last three feasts which have yet to be prophetically fulfilled. Tune in tomorrow for this exciting conclusion. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Tomorrow we'll see where the Lord gives instructions for His holy feasts at the end of the year. Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and Feast of Tabernacles. We hope you'll join us as we continue our study of Leviticus on Simply the Bible.